Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. This morning's scripture is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as I said at the beginning of the service three hours ago, um, (laughs) that I, uh, we've been matching some themes of the, with some things that are going on. And of course, it seemed uh, appropriate that today would be the day we talk about relationships and getting your relationships in order as we celebrate Diane, who has taught us uh, a lot about relationships and the importance of community and of connecting and who has connected so many of us. I think that it was Brene Brown who talked about a village where all the women washed their clothes down by the river. They would come together and spend time and spend hours washing the laundry until one day when they all had washing machines. There was no more going down by the river. And it turned out that what coincided with the washing machines and no more river time was a high incidence of depression being reported. No one made the connection. At first, no one knew why until they recognized that the absence of time spent doing things together resulted in this great sadness, the absence of community. In Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, she wrote, Being lonely affects the length of our life expectancy similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Think about that, about how much we need each other, how about how much we need connection, relationship. You know, when I was a kid, I remember that my parents used to talk to each other uh, during the day. They would call each other at work. I would find this out because they would say, oh, well, when I talk to dad today or when I talk to mom today, and every day at some point, they had a phone call. I find that I don't call my husband often at work. I simply text him, (laughs) right? I used to talk to my mom almost every day. I would call her, you know, I think about college and seminary. I think about my phone bill in college. College and seminary, I would call her when I first had children. I would call her, and then I started texting her instead. 
I find that texting is convenient, of course. It's, it's, it's easy. And somehow we've now text instead of call, calling because we don't want to interrupt people. In fact, we might even text and say, hey, can, can you give me a call or can I talk to you at some point? Because we don't want to interrupt people. We know how busy everyone is. Um, and so we instead text. It's kind of like having a, a washing machine now. It's helpful but it's isolating. And we experience uh, the reality that our relationships suffer. I no longer talk to my friends late at night. That's also because I'm exhausted. But (laughs) I miss that. I miss those conversations. And part of it all is because relationships are hard. Do you remember a few years ago when Ben Affleck uh, won the Oscar for Argo and he talked about how marriage is hard? And he got all kinds of criticism for saying that publicly, except uh, it's true. It was a very authentic moment, a very honest moment. Marriage is hard. Relationships in general are hard. All relationships are hard. The parent-child relationship, it is hard to be a parent. And you know that. But you spend all this time worrying about how you're messing up your kids. And so sometimes you think about what you said and sometimes you don't think about what you've said and then you think later about how they messed up the kid for what you said. I think many people would say that they feel like they don't have a lot of time in their daily lives to give their spouse the attention that they deserve. We uh, seem to put them kind of last on the list and uh, don't spend the kind of quality time that we said we would in, you know, our premarital counseling when we were going to have a date night every week. Um, If your parents are living and you're the child of a parent, you also often reach out to them when you are in need of them or they reach out to you when they, they are in need of you. There's not a lot, as much a quality time as there used to be. And it's partly out of duty at some extent, instead of just out of, wouldn't it be nice to spend time together? Our friendships are often the last on the list because the urgent pushes out the friendship and somehow friendships, spending time on our friendships can feel selfish to us, right? Because all of the other needs that are going on in our lives. Siblings? Well, forget about that. I I, uh, I really like my brother. He's, he's a great guy. In fact, a couple years ago, we decided that because celebrating our birthdays was getting hard to find, you know, the make that, that we would just have one day where we celebrated all four of us, my, my, my husband, me, my brother, and his wife, and we would go out for dinner. And we did that twice. <laughs> and it's been a couple years since we've done it because the urgent crowds everything out. But the thing is, I got to spend some time with him uh, this summer and at the cottage, and I realized, you know, I really miss him. When I'm with him, I realize how much I'm missing by being so busy. And I think that's the case with so many of our relationships. We're not giving them the time that they need. We're not always able to make them a priority because the urgent or the other needs in our life, crowd them out. And then there are other relationships. Often we have a caregiving relationship where so much of it wavers between um, our feelings of guilt and our feelings of resentment. 
And that's hard. And then we have um, those friendships or relationships in our lives that are not authentic, that we're not ever able to fully be ourselves. And so we're not sure if that relationship can ever really fully progress or if it needs to end. And of course, sometimes we have those relationships that are toxic, that are incredibly hard to cut out, to end in order to move on because they're not really life-giving. But the reality is our relationships take time, they take intentionality, they take authenticity because they are intended to be to us a gift from God. In fact, if we want to know about uh, relationships, we can really look to Jesus as an inspiration and for the way that he led his life. New Spring Church uh, printed out this list of ways that we can um, learn from Jesus about how he approached relationships. Um, Number one, Jesus said that love is non-negotiable. It's a commandment. And the first thing that he did in his ministry and in his life was to love people. He met people where they were at. He loved them. And um, by doing that, by loving them first, he enabled a relationship to develop because out of that comes trust. And when we feel loved by another, we develop trust and are able to love them back. And that's how Jesus lived his life and, and his relationships. Um, Jesus is a role model for how to love people. He made people a priority. He engaged them. He was intentional with them, and he took time for conversation. It didn't matter what else was going on. He ensured that when someone was needing to talk or needing to listen or needing to be healed or whatever it might be, he took that intentional time, sometimes even when he needed a break. He said, okay, I need, that. I need to go to them. He was there for people in their time of need. And he shows us that when we love someone, we make them a priority. We make their needs a priority in our lives. Jesus redefined family. Now, this was not, in my mind as a mother, always my favorite shining moment of Jesus when um, his mother was talking to him and reaching out and he said, you know, These people are my mother and brothers, not you. All people who are part of of God's kingdom, all people who are faithful are my mother and brothers. Now, I can imagine that that was not what Mary wanted to hear, but I actually don't think that that line was for her. I think it was for us. I think what he was saying there is um, is that we can experience family through our friends, especially our friends in faith when we have things in common, when we have similar values, um, we can find that they are like family. I mean, how often do we talk about our orchard family, right? It's because Jesus gives us that gift of family in one another. Jesus shared meals with people. In his culture, sharing meals together meant that you were no longer strangers, but you were close friends. Families need to eat together. Friends need to eat together. You know, they make fun of United Methodists because we're always having potlucks and we're always eating and there's always food, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But that's because there's something sacred about coming around a table, about spending time over a meal with people. It engages us in a deeper level 
of friendship and relationship. Um, Jesus, uh, there's so many stories in the Bible of Jesus eating. Lots of times when he broke bread with outcasts or with his friends or when um, people created meals for him because there's something special about sharing a meal. In our house, we try to have dinner together at least three times a week. Um, And with two teenagers going in different places, that's hard. But it needs to be a priority that we have at least a half an hour where we get together and we um, just really check in with one another. Um, Jesus emphasized individuals over tasks. He cared for the hurting and the troubled, and he didn't see people as projects. This is where we realize how he healed on the Sabbath, um, how he didn't let those laws get in the way, how he took people over social norms, um, and how he just said, this is my priority. What gets in our way, right? Busyness, tasks, to-do lists, all kinds of things get in our way and prevent us from being truly present to the people in our lives. Jesus helps us see what's right when we're with, the pe- when we're with people. We see God most clearly through our relationships with each other. Remember that um, statement that Jesus made, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there with them. Um, and this is where we come to recognize the importance of hospitality and extending love, right? Of, of being the hands and feet of Christ, because we recognize that when we do that, we're experiencing Christ's love. This is part of what Diane taught us, how to love like Jesus through welcome. Jesus told his friends not to do life alone. That's where today's scripture comes in. Um, our scripture today is from Luke. You can find this story both in Luke and Matthew, but they're a little different. In the Luke part, Jesus says, go out two by two because you're going to need each other, because ministry is hard, because life is hard, and you need someone with you. You need companionship. You need support. You're going to face difficult things, and you're going to face wonderful things. Don't face them alone. Go out two by two, and you will be stronger. And so he sent them out two by two to do his work. And they were, in fact, stronger because, look, here we are today. But also, he says, shake the dust off. And this is where we get the Matthew part, um, version of the scripture. And Matthew says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave the, that house or town. If people are not treating you well, if you have relationships that are hurtful, this gives us permission to leave those difficult relationships. Because relationships that are cruel and harmful and toxic aren't of God. God doesn't call us to be abused. It takes intentionality. It takes time to get our relationships in order. But God gave us each other because God knew that we would need each other. God knew that we could experience God's grace and love through one another all the more. And so I encourage you to work on those relationships, to make them a priority, and maybe even to learn from Jesus in the way that he lived and he loved. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. 
You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.